Greetings, ladies and mentalgents, and welcome to this narration of the web series Beyond the Void. If you're new to the series, there is a playlist listed in the description. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. Chapter 5 Gorsh Point of View A strange sense of deja vu gripped me as we were granted a tour of the procured Terran vessel. I couldn't help but imagine a chill in the air and envision a scene of death that we witnessed not a day prior. The thought that we might share the fate crossed my mind. Sure, there had not been many non-humans on board the ship when we found it, but that hardly meant that we were safe. Either the tragedy could expand to include a Federation's team, or perhaps we'd been amongst the dead already. Whatever caused the crew to perish could have vaporized everyone but the humans for some unknown reason. As General Rykov showed us our quarters, a wave of exhaustion flooded through my body. I realized that I hadn't slept or eaten since our dreadful find. My mind wanted nothing more than to rinse away the horrors of the day. It was all I could do to collapse on a bed and then and there. With only five days to prevent a calamity, how could I worry about myself? My eyes must have given away my desire because Rykov pulled me aside as the others entered the bridge. Joffy gave me a worried look. She didn't like the idea of a Terran officer cornering me, and to be fair, neither did I. The thought of being alone with a human was terrifying. They were known to be violent and temperamental. No doubt he would scold me if I showed a hint of weakness. I straightened and tried to look alert, but panic was already rising in my chest. This was much different than our previous meeting, when I was surrounded by Federation officers. Maybe Rykov was angry that I spoke out during the briefing, or perhaps he blamed me for his eventual fate. Gosh, is it? The one who found the, um, accident? The general had turned his attention to the compact machine, inserting a small carton into its top. He placed a cup under it, so I assumed that it was a beverage dispenser. How are you holding up? I am fine, sir, I replied. I apologize if I gave any impression of weakness. He knitted his eyebrows together. There is no need to be nervous, oh dear. You're shaking, afraid of humans, I'm guessing. But I gasped in horror. He was much too close to the truth. It shouldn't have been that obvious. No, 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 I just mean... Rykov raised a hand to stop me. It's okay. I'm used to it. Look, what you saw would be traumatic for anyone. I don't think you're weak for having an emotional response. If you want to talk about it... I hesitated. Opening up to a human seemed like a bad idea, but the concern in his voice sounded genuine. If anyone should be traumatized, it's, uh, you. You're the one who'll die. How can you carry on like nothing happened? Sometimes it's easier to bottle up your feelings. Safer even, he sighed. Doesn't mean it's healthy. Believe me, I'm as frightened as anyone. But I have to consider crew morale. Who would follow a man who's shaking in his boots? Doesn't exactly inspire confidence. I understand, sir. With leadership comes great responsibility. Indeed. So tell me, honestly, how are you feeling? Permission to speak freely, sir? Of course. I, I lugged your corpse across the bridge earlier today. Every time I look at you, it brings my mind back to, uh, that. I'm confused, tired, and sick to my stomach. General Rykov nodded, retrieving the now full cup from his drink machine. Drink this. Tastes like crap, but it'll help you with the tired part. I studied the mug with skeptical eyes. The steaming brown liquid was the color of dirt, and its strong, earthy smell didn't help with that association. Not wanting to offend the human, I took a small sip despite my misgivings. A bitter taste overwhelmed my senses, and it took all of my willpower to swallow it down. The human laughed, seeing the disgusted look on my face. Coffee is not that bad. Down at least half of that, and trust me, you'll feel better. Is... Is that an order? I asked. General Rykov chuckled. I'm afraid so. There was no way I could refuse an order from a superior, unless it was a violation of galactic law. I closed my eyes and poured the scalding liquid down my throat, managing several gulps. I couldn't help but gag as the taste lingered in my mouth. Why would the humans ever consume something so vile? That's enough, the general pried the cup from my grasp and studied me with his rich brown eyes. Gosh, I pulled you aside because, frankly, you look like hell. Are you sure you're up for this? 
I want to help, sir. More than anything, I replied. Good. In that case, let's join the others. Wait, uh, can I ask you something first? Shoot. Is it true that you humans slaughter each other by the millions? For no reason, that's, uh, what people say. But but you, you seem more normal than I expected. Rykov grimaced as though my question caused him pain. We used to. We drew our stupid lines in the sand and thought that our locale made us different from each other. The powerful asked the young to die for them, time and time again, and kept us divided by ideology. My changed perspective. Up in space, it was plainly obvious. We were all the same damn rock. I'd be happy to discuss humanity's mistakes at a far greater length, but uh, not another time. Another place. We need to get moving to the bridge. I mused his words as we descended the stairwell to the command center. While I occasionally crossed paths with humans on base, that was my first interaction with one since the war. There had been nothing aggressive about Rykov's behavior, despite his species' reputation. In fact, he had been more cordial than most officers I had encountered. And after all the fantastical stories about humanity, from the tales of serial killers prowling their streets for amusement, to bombs that could eliminate an entire fleet in a single blast, I hadn't expected a Terran to label warfare as idiocy, especially a general who had carved a career out of it. Perhaps human were not as animalistic as the Federation believed. I found Joffy waiting at the holo display, fixing the hand scanner with the blank stare. She looked mildly annoyed, but that was the only emotion her expression revealed. Despite her calm appearance, I knew that the stress of the day had taken its toll on her too. She was an expert, and masking her feelings under a veil of sarcasm. But that didn't fool me one bit. And uh, what did he want? Joffy fixed me with an inquisitive look, but there was a hint of worry in her eyes. A uh, private dance? Yo! I hissed. That's not funny. Her whiskers twitched. What? I won't stand for anyone stealing my man. First off, I am not your man, I protested. You're not even into guys. So he was making moves in you. You didn't deny it, she said. No! You're unbelievable. Rykov was just checking up on my mental state. Seemed worried even. Is he going to throw you off the ship? If he's already worried that you're getting to jeopardize the mission. It wasn't like that. You're not going to believe this. But, um, but I felt like he cared. Truly. Gosh, I don't mean to sound dismissive, but I doubt a general from a military species cares about your problems. Humans are always looking for an angle. You need to stop thinking of them as friends and see them as dangerous allies. But he said it doesn't matter what he said. Your words are easy. If you need someone to talk to, I'm here for you, okay? You know that. I lowered my head, feeling my fur prickle with embarrassment. As much as I wanted to argue, Joffy was right. Only a gullible fool would be disarmed by a few sympathetic words. If my goal was to be accompany this mission, then giving its human leader a cause for concern was the last thing I should do. All right, everyone, listen up. General Rykov's voice thundered through the room, silencing any straight chatter. We dug up the Pisces registration, and it appears to be an ordinary transport for holodesk pasts. That said, knowing what we know, you should stay vigilant. You are authorized to use whatever force you deem fit, but only if we are attacked first. According to its transponder, it is currently docked in a small Covian colony, which is where we're landing in a few minutes. The plan is to seize the ship, track down its owners, and make sure that they never go for the little joyride in five days. Any questions? The general general answered by silence. Even General Blez, the disagreeable chief officer of the Jatari, had no objections to the proposal. It seemed like a straightforward plan to prevent the vessel from moving stolen goods in the first place. Good! I just want to say I appreciate the Federation's support m more than you know. Here's a welcome change. Rykov plotted the course of the descent. Chip altered its trajectory with a droning hum. Let's uh, rewrite history. End of chapter. Chapter 6. Gorsh Point of View In major points of commerce and tourism, docking stations stretched as far as the eye could see, with entire cities built around them to accommodate travelers. By comparison, the cavernous hangar on Cova 9 was rather modest. An unwitting passerby might mistake it for a warehouse. The port's main occupants were cargo freighters, 
on their regular supply runs, and the occasional charger craft. The only visitor came to see family, and they usually didn't stay long. Nobody wanted to stay on a poor, shrinking colony unless they had nowhere else to go. The three Covian custom officers looked up surprised to see a military vessel, armed to the teeth with weapons, descending into their little port. I expected more terror at the sight of a human warship, but I suppose these people realized their planet was too meager of a prize to appeal to the Earthlings. As we prepared to disembark, I considered leaving my gun behind. It would be a nuisance to lug a heavy rifle around. This trio didn't seem like they would pose any trouble to our party. I began to place the rifle back onto the weapons cart, but Joffy pushed it back into my paws. You're an idiot, gosh, she growled. A bunch of humans got mauled chasing this ship, and you want to run up to it defenseless. It's sitting in a tiny idle port. It stays before the disaster. I gestured out the viewport towards the customs officers on the ground. I count three of them, and about a hundred of us. What's the worst that could happen? She glared at me. You've already seen the worst that can happen, but you do what you want. With a sigh, I hoisted my rifle back onto my shoulders. My senses how it frightened, and my exhaustion had faded. But there was also an unusual agitation searing my thoughts. I felt invincible, ready to run a thousand clicks, with the newfound energy surging through my veins. I felt alive. Perhaps the brown drink Rykov gave me had been drugged. Now that I considered it, he had all but admitted that it was some sort of mind-altering substance. The dark-haired human was standing by the airlock, looking rather displeased with General Blaise. That did not bode well for our team's cooperation. Bickering between the galaxy's two most aggressive species could easily end in violence. General Rykov's voice was low, but with my species-sharp hearing, I was able to make out the words... Then why exactly are you in charge? Last time I checked, I outranked you. The Covian government is less than thrilled with the Terran warship landing on their territory, Blaise answered. They're worried that you might leave a trail of bodies in your wake. They think that you're on another, what is the word, uh, crusade? Another crusade? When have we ever attacked the Federation? There was a hint of anger in Rykov's voice, and I noticed him clenching his fists. We have never raised a finger against you. Lord knows we could have. I beg to differ. There are several instances that come to mind, like Kylon. The human recoiled as though he had been slapped. Clearly, there was a subtext that I did not understand. General Kylon had been Rykov's predecessor, a Jatari officer who was killed in action during the war. The venom in Blaise's voice suggested that he blamed the Terrans for his comrade's death or he believed something more nefarious was afoot. How dare you, Rykov spat. You have no idea what you're talking about. That was his first officer. I know plenty, Blaise's antenna twisted together, as though he was trying to calm himself. Look, I'm trying to help you. Announcing yourself as Terran military won't open a lot of doors, whereas the Jatari were respected. Just for once, let me do the talking. Before the human could offer any protest, Blaise pulled the door handle and started down the landing ramp. After a brief moment of hesitation, Rykov followed, with the rest of our entourage in tow. The customs officers at the bottom barely looked up from her holopad, despite the presence of fifty armed personnel. Again, her lack of emotion struck me as odd, as did the fact that her partners had vanished. Greetings, I am Skatali. Please state your nature of your visit. Military business, we're here to confiscate a Terran ship under the name Pisces, Blaise said. For what reason? Skitali said. Not your concern. Take us there now, or you'll be an enemy of the Jatari. Do you have a warrant? You can't. Blaze waved a pistol at her, pressing it against her neck. Here's my warrant. Move! The Jatari general's brutish message sickened me. No civilized soldier would resort to threats and bullying without any provocation. Here was a proof that the aggressive species were only as good as their reputation, right in front of me. I risked the glance at Rykov and noticed that he looked appalled as I felt. Why would it bother the human? Blaz! Rykov's voice dropped an octave, and it didn't escape my notice that he felt a general's title. Put that weapon down, or I will put you down! Will you? There was a click as the human removed the safety on his gun. Last warning. This is not how we treat civilians under my command! With a furious snarl, Blaise lowered his weapon and turned all three eyes towards Rykov. 
If looks could have killed, the human would have moved and melted to a puddle then and there. The Terran general took a deep breath, trying to collect himself. I apologize for my subordinates, Katali. I'll be having some stern words with him later, I assure you. She nodded, strangely unperturbed. It's all right, as I was saying. Do you have a warrant? By law, I can't allow you to inspect or seize property without it. I understand. I would never have asked you to break the law if it weren't an emergency. Thousands of lives are at stake. There was no time to go through traditional channels. Not without how backlogged your courts are. We do have a direct permission from the Covian government. Sir, I'm sorry, but the politicians don't have that kind of authority. You're right. We'll go through the proper steps as soon as we can. But right now we need your help. If we don't get to the ship in time, the innocent people will die. Please, I'm begging you. Well, uh, just this once. Uh, fine, follow me. General Rykov nodded his gratitude and followed Skatali towards the cordoned off hangar at the back of the building. His behavior with her reminded me of the human we used to know, diplomatic, meek, docile. But then he dropped back a bit, falling in at Blazer's side, and the illusion dissolved. The rage smoldering in his brown eyes was primal. You were worried about me leaving a trail of bodies. You were going to talk. What was that? The human hissed. Everything was under control until you interfered. I wasn't going to hurt her, Blaise shook his head, refusing to look at the human. She wasn't cooperating. All that was needed was a bit of intimidation. You know, remind the renter cops of their place. You can't show weakness like that. That groveling was pathetic. An embarrassment to your kind. Rykov chuckled. An embarrassment for asking nicely. Yes, it's a wonder that you ever got such a high rank. I was thinking the same about you. As worrisome as the thought of fisticuffs breaking out between two officers was, I found myself distracted by other concerns. The nagging thought lingered at the back of my mind that Skatali had complied a bit too easily. It was as though she had only been storing for time. Where had her partners gone? Maybe it was just a coffee drug's creating anxiety, but this did not pass the smell test. The customs officer pressed a button to open the hangar. The metal door slowly slid aside. I made out a few dozen silhouettes, crouching in firing positions. The majority of armed forces appeared to be human, which was rather unusual for the middle-of-nowhere colony. Well, that explained where the partners had gone to round up the rest of the crew. Acting on instinct, I tugged Joffy to the ground. Not a second later, gunfire erupted around us. Blood splattered onto my nose as a plasma round tore through a human soldier in front of me. He dropped to the floor with a sickening thud splayed out with a burgeoning pool of crimson. Shock pulsed through my chest as I realized how close that was to being me. Around us, several others fell, and more stumbled from non-fatal hits. Our attackers had gotten the drop on us with the ambush. Our surviving troops scrambled for cover, diving behind loose shipping containers and stray objects. Sigatali was nowhere to be seen, so I assumed she rejoined her buddies once the fighting broke out. Our enemies noticed a group of Terran soldiers crouched behind a refreshment station and tossed a round object towards them. The humans seemed to recognize the device and scrambled out of the hiding spot. Perhaps it was some sort of tool meant to flush out stowaways, but the tiny ball looked harmless. The device detonated as soon as the thought crossed my mind. Despite its puny size, it unleashed a forceful blast that took down all in its vicinity. Right. Everything with humans involved. Explosions. How could I forget? Bits of shrapnel rained out from the epicenter, maiming anyone who lacked shelter. This was a butcher's weapon, intended to inflict pain and suffering. I saw one human crawling away, dragging the blood-soaked remnants of her leg behind her. My knowledge of xenobiology was hazy, but if memory served me right, humans weren't capable of limb regrowth. What did they do with their wounded and impaired? Didn't they have a saying, only the strong survive? Perhaps the Terrans would just leave this one to die, since it was doubtful that she could walk again. Gosh! With a quick glance, I saw Joffy crawling towards the stout metal container, where Rykov, Blez, and a few other men were waving us over. She seemed to have called my name several times. Are you going to just lay there, watching? Get your ass over here! I wriggled over to the makeshift shelter, propping myself against the cool surface. Rykov and Blez were crouched side by side, quarrel forgotten, returning fire, Facing off against a force that was primarily humans didn't bode well for me. But it was better than sitting back on my paws. 
I reached for my rifle and peered over the container with my scope. If I was to die on the mission, I might as well go down shooting. End of chapter. Chapter 7. Gorsh's Point of View. The staccato whirring of guns and the concussive bangs of explosives flooded my senses, and I struggled to keep my rifle steady. Engaging a squad of rogue humans was well above my pay grade. I was a patrol agent with only basic training and zero field experience. The primates seemed to move in sync, communicating without words. It was as though the firefight was a choreographed dance that they had rehearsed a thousand times. When they darted out into the open, they were back under cover before they could target them. The furtive movement seemed designed to distract us, while another contingent encircled us from behind. One cluster of humans were preparing our position with fire, chewing through our metal container bit by bit. If they wanted my attention, then by stars, they could have it. Staring down the sights of my gun, all I could make out was the outline of their helmets, barely visible behind a barrel. I depressed the trigger, assaulting their shelter with the plasma fire. Their refuge was parked with scorch mark, but the barrel withstood my enraged barrage. Frustration hummed in my chest as my rifle vibrated, indicating that it was on cooldown. The enemy was closing in on us with a methodical ease. It was a matter of time before they crashed through our entrenchments. The Terran soldiers and their few surviving Federation allies had no chance to regroup to get their bearings. As far as I was concerned, the fight was over. I was already playing my death in my head. Perhaps I would be ripped apart by the seams by nasty explosives, mutilated and unrecognizable. The thought had no sooner crossed my mind when an object sailed over the counter, landing behind General Blaise. I considered running, as a Terran soldier had done earlier, but then I remembered. It hadn't done them any good. General Eichel's eyes widened with alarm, and then, to my utter disbelief, he reached out for the device, and he lost his mind. Quicker than my eye could track, the dark-haired officer hurled the device back in the direction it came from. A few Terran's courses echoed from above the fray, followed by the sound of detonation. Hesitantly, I peeked back up above our container. One enemy was crawling through the pool of his own blood, cupping a pale hand to his neck. His other hand was fumbling around, in a blind attempt to find his weapon. I was amazed that anyone could still be conscious after sustaining such injuries, let alone having the presence of mind to fight. I raised my recharged rifle and aimed a shot towards his temple. My breath hitched my throat. It felt wrong to strike down someone too wounded to fight back. But with how resilient humans were, it was too dangerous to leave an opponent alive. It was merciful, anyways, I told myself, instead of leaving him to bleed out in agony. My claw hooked on the trigger, and the plasma bolt tore through his skull. The light fizzled out from his eyes, and he fell limp to the floor. I just killed a man. A permanent, irrevocable action. The guilt that racked my body made me want to curl up in a ball and weep. My mind was spinning. My chest burned. My throat felt like it was constricting. Breathe, Gorsh, Joffy hissed, snapping me out of my daze. You can have a panic attack later. I took a shaky breath, trying to ground myself. That's not how that works. Do you think that you're the only one that's scared? She fired back with shots over the container, then ducked back down. It was your idea to get involved with this crap anyways. Now isn't the time to rethink your decisions. You chose to tag along, I spat back. I don't know how you can just so be so matter of fact. It's your first time killing someone too. Joffy's eyes started toward Rykov, and she dropped her voice to a whisper. First off, they attacked us. Secondly, you killed a human. They're hardly more than animals, and wouldn't sleep over it. I glanced at the Terran general and breathed a sigh of relief as he didn't react. Joffy's disdain for humans was becoming more overt by the minute. You're lucky he didn't hear you. Maybe you should give them a chance, Gosh. You know I love you, but shut up. Please, just shoot the fecking perps. I sighed, surveying the surroundings once more. One rival was setting up some sort of rocket launcher inside the hangar at the far end of the spaceport. Fires were already raging throughout the terminal. The last thing we needed was more explosives in our section. I unleashed a volley of shots in his direction. From such a long range, my precision was limited, but one plasma bolt did connect with his shoulder. Hopefully, that was enough to disrupt his task. A buzzing noise came from behind me, and I whirled around. Rykov had opened up a large briefcase, which was packed with tiny machines. They almost looked like four-winged insects, 
but I couldn't see what practical use they would have in battle. Uh, General, uh, what is that? I asked. He fiddled with the joystick, not looking up. A drone swarm! I squinted in confusion. A, a what, what? A watch and learn, came the amused reply. When they're down, we're going to attack. Prepare to move! The insectoid contraptions lifted off. They were small enough to fit in my paws. However, after seeing the diminutive ground explosives, I wasn't going to underestimate them. For all I knew, these were some sort of flying localized nukes. The drones homed in on the enemy targets, shelling them with lasers. Now assailants turned their guns towards the sky, diverting their focus from us. The machines then dove towards the ground in unison, signaling out a single target and ramming them from head to toe. Most disintegrated on impact, but there were more standing by to take their place, rinse and repeat. It was a death by a thousand stings, clearly. Terran weaponry was not limited to the famed bombs. The drone's victims flailed about like they were on fire, clawing at their eyes. I turned away from the brutal scene, not wanting to watch any longer. But the blood-curdling screen still found their way to my ears. Soldiers, move in! Rykov shouted. I rose to my feet on autopilot, tagging behind the general. Could I ever underestimate humans? Sure, Drone Swarm had been the only thing to turn the tide, but the fact that they dreamed up such brutality, that was the issue. So many people in the Federation defined humanity by their aggressive side, but I believed there was more complex than that. I could have sworn that I saw sadness, compassion even, flash in Rykov's eyes as we passed the wounded comrade. It was all an act. I was buying it. Hook. Line. Medzinka. A lot of Terran casualties today, I'm... Um, I'm sorry for your loss, General, I stammered. Rykov glanced at me, smiling bitterly. Gosh, they're only human. Hardly more than animals. I wouldn't lose sleep over it. I flinched. Ah, crap. You heard that every word. Your friend is as subtle as a sledgehammer. I'm sorry. Really sorry. Joffy is just having a bad day. She, she didn't mean it. Yes, she did. I could see it in her eyes from the first briefing. Then you know, I've stayed out of her way. But, my God, people don't usually put it so bluntly. She doesn't have much of a filter, sir, I, uh... The general raised a hand to stop me, leaning over a rival corpse. The body was riddled with wounds, but I thought I saw a rise and fall of chest. Rykov poked him with the butt of his rifle and received a groan in response. If we took one in alive, maybe we could get some answers. We needed to know why they attacked us and what exactly the Pisces was up to. Any nearby personnel, we have a prisoner in need of medical transport at my location. Rykov spoke into his comset and turned to me. Gosh, we're going to do a quick sweep of the hangar bay, but after that, I want you to head back to the ship. You're overdue for some rest. I nodded. Yes, sir. Also, for what it's worth, don't be too hard on yourself. He ran a hand through his brown hair, smoothing the back. First time taking a life, uh, feels like shit. Uh, it doesn't get easier. I think you just get more used to the feeling... It does feel like shit, sir. May I ask? I paused, and I gestured for me to go on. Why are you nice to me? Pardon? You pulled me aside back on the ship. You treat me like a friend, an equal. Why? You remind me of someone. And what became of the someone? In short, they shot the Senate Speaker and disappeared. A story for another day. Ah. Uh, with respect, sir, I, I don't see this resemblance, sir. He chuckled. No. You wouldn't. We browsed the interior of the hangar bay in silence, delving through crates and computer terminals. I wasn't sure how I gave the general the same impression as an assassin, or why exactly that would lead to a friendly behavior. Perhaps humans had a few loose screws, and it was as simple as that. Mystery solved. Teams of Terran ships were sweeping the ships that remained dormant inside, no doubt that they were trying to identify which one was the Pisces. It didn't look like they needed any help. I meandered over to the back wall, stopping by a chipped door that read emergency exit. Upon closer inspection, there was a thin trail of blood on the floor which seemed to lead outside. Hesitantly, I pushed the door open. There was a winding dirt road which carved its way down the grassy knoll. It appeared to lead down to the docks, where I could make out a Covian male unmooring a boat. I raised my rifle, sprinting down the path. After what we had endured, there was no way that I could just watch the bastard escape. My brain registered a flash of movement as I passed a bulky tree. 
I turned my head in time to see a wiry human jump out and swing a red, cylindrical object at me. There was a brief thunderclap of pain as I struck behind the ear. Darkness descended on my vision, snuffing out my consciousness in an instant. End of chapter. Chapter 8. Larkin Point of View. Nicker was fuming. To have our spaceport raided by Terran military right after accepting a government contract was a major breach of trust to him. If we had evacuated the premises a second slower, we would be dead or captured right now. We had been about to depart for the clandestine Jatari base when a monstrous warship descended and human soldiers bulldozed their way through our facility. Perhaps that was punching above our weight class to take on a galaxy's most potent military, but the desire for revenge burned in his eyes nonetheless. It wasn't about money anymore, it was about settling the score. Some Federation goons had tagged along with the humans, and one of them had walked into an obvious trap. A plump, shaggy head to Jilly male was tied up on my couch now, snoozing after a knock to the head. He must have gotten his buttons reset hard, I thought. What we were going to do with him after interrogating him was another question. Dumping his body in the canals was out of the question, or maybe if he cooperated, we'd release him with a message for his superiors. In all likelihood, the Chijili were the following orders and had nothing to do with the Terran government's betrayal. Reasoning with an angry human was difficult, though. Bloodshed might be the only way that they could placate Nico in his current state of mind. After spending an entire afternoon waiting on the captive to wake up, my patience was running thin as well. I decided to take a page from the human playbook and splash the prisoner in the face with a glass of cold water. His tricolored eyes snapped open and his gaze darted across the room. I could practically see the gears turning in his head as it all came rushing back. Finally, you're awake! Undoubtedly, the annoyance dripping from my voice served as an indicator of my foul mood. I walked over to the couch, stooping down to his prone form. Name and rank now! Gosh, uh, uh, patrolman! The Tujili thrashed about for a moment, trying to break the tape around his paws. Realizing it was useless, he slumped back against the cushions. Let me go now, before the Terran military come back looking for me. Huh? I'll tell them not, not to kill you. A mocking laugh escaped my lips. <laughs> nice try, but the humans aren't coming for you. Not with that rank. You're nobody. A pawn. Right, uh, they wouldn't leave me. He stammered. That's cute, but even you don't believe that. I can hear it in your voice. I sneered. I have a counteroffer. You tell me everything I want to know and the human partner might not torture you to death. Ghost shifted nervously. Human partner? Who are you? I asked the questions. What was your mission? I can't tell you that. I leaned in, ensuring that my hot breath was fell over his face. The jiddly flinched, attempting to dissolve into the cushions. This was no seasoned soldier. That much was apparent. The mere mention of torture, the slightest hint of a threat, turned him into a shriveling coward. I figured that the whole of his combat experience had been accrued in the mess hall, fighting for the lost Loudsbury cake. Really? From my perspective, it doesn't seem that you're in the position to refuse, I hissed. I will not sully the Federation's name by aiding its enemies to, uh, to do what you must, Gorsh whimpered. I am not your enemy. Listen, I am trying to help you. I forced a sympathetic look into my face. The sky would squeal under duress, I was certain, but that would squander precious time. The humans have ways of extracting information that are quite painful. Unless you welcome a slow, excruciating stay, I suggest that we do this the easy way. The Jujili hesitated for a moment, no doubt imagining the human torture methods. The Terran's reputation was enough to induce fear in the most hardened individuals. That was the appeal of working with one post-war. Nobody wanted to get on the violent side of a volatile species with unparalleled creativity. With a little more prodding, my pudgy patrolman would give us everything. Gorsh drew a sudden breath. I, I don't want anyone else to get hurt because of what I say. Well, what are you going to do to me if, if I tell you? It's simple. Nico's voice answered from behind me and I nearly jumped out of my fur. The human had entered without my sensing his presence. Who knew how long he'd been lurking? We want to know why the Terran military attacked an agency contractor. Agency? The patrolman repeated. I don't understand. My partner grinned. You don't know then. 
That Rykov chap really involved you in Feddies without telling you that they were attacking his own people. What do you mean? The hostility flickered in the cautious eyes, replaced by shock. Are you saying that you're the, with the Turin government? Bingo. The agency is slang for the human intelligence services, always up to some secret of bullshit. What, um, secret of bullcrap are you up to now? I don't know, you tell me, gosh. Why would they hire us, then sick their dogs on us, before we could complete the job? Well, uh, Rykov isn't acting on any director from Earth. He's just tracking a ship called Pisces. My, what is so special about that ship? There was a terrible accident along my patrol route. Uh, an entire crew found dead. The only crew was a log fragment, talking about the ship by that name. Then why would the head of Federation command care? Nico's question parroted the words in my mind. It made no sense that an ordinary transport, which hadn't left its docking port in cycles, would be connected with the ghost ship. It made even less sense that a high-ranking general would take a personal interest in the case. Such minutia was beneath his office. This was the equivalent of enlisting a brain surgeon to treat a headache. Because Rykov was amongst the dead, Gorsh muttered. It was Nico's turn to look confused. What? What? That's some crazy nonsense you're spouting. Rykov is very much alive. I saw him in the spaceport. I know. But the corpse we have is definitely him. My every metric. Facial recognition, DNA, fingerprints. They can't all be wrong. I'm sorry, are you telling me someone is cloning human generals? No. From what we can tell, his death hasn't happened yet. We're trying to prevent it. So it's all the talk of some psychic. A bad omen on tea leaves. The human laughed incredulously, shaking his head. The general's gone mad then. From the words that you were using, I thought that it was real, tangible. But this is ludicrous. It is real. The Federation conducted a full forensic investigation of the ship. Uh, and their findings, yes. The date logs was from five days in the future. Your people are experimenting with some portal. That's all I know. Nico stroked his chin, emerald eyes glowing with excitement. Did the human actually believe that this was a babble? I was starting to think the gorsh had been clubbed over the head a bit too hard to conjure up such a fantastical delusions. Dead people from the future didn't just materialize out of thin air. Boss, uh, this guy's either Yankee or Jane or he's nuts, I growled. Nico pulled me aside, lowering his voice. He seems grounded enough, and what's more, his story checks out. They asked for the Pisces by name, according to my people. I guess the agency didn't sell us out after all. So, uh, we just do the job of Stallone then? And uh, what's about this Richards guy? I asked. With some minor changes, depending on what the Jutari are testing, we might keep it for ourselves. But the 20 million credits, um, uh, 20 million... Fucking hell, forget the credits, Larkin. If we can travel back in time, we can rule the galaxy. We will be the gods, rich beyond measure. Yes, sir, but the old premise seems impossible. If the Federation found a ship from the future, we already know it's possible. We just need to get our hands on the tech, one way or another. What makes you think that the Jari have it? Gorsh said that it's your people testing it. Richard said that there were some massive energy readings by the base. It's either a portal, a new drive, or a weapon. And if it's a weapon, that seems most likely to me. Then we use it with a bargaining chip. The energy readings were large enough for the agency to detect. Then it's a planet killer. They might be more amendable to sharing that tech with a bomb pointed at Earth. You, you would point an untested weapon at your own planet. Not my planet. I don't live there, do I? And neither do you, Larkin. So don't go getting all sentimental on me. I despised the idea of holding a human cradle world hostage, thief or not. I didn't gallivant about murdering civilians. While Nico wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty, there was no way that he had any intentions of putting the trigger either. Otherwise, I would never agree to it. I was merely an intimidation tactic to bring the Terran Union to the table. As dishonorable as those methods were, the potential rewards outweighed any moral qualms. I envisioned it in my head. An empire that stretched across the galaxy, brimming with untapped riches, loyal subjects who worshipped us, revering our names in song and prayer. The ability to weave the threads of history, just like the true gods of the universe. How could anyone resist such a temptation? Oh, fine, I'm in, I sighed. The human clapped a hand on my back. That's the spirit! I knew I could count on you, Larkin. Let's go spring the Pisces and fulfill our destiny. Hell, leave that up to me. 
it seems that I already figured it out once, didn't I? And, uh, what do we do with Gorsh? I asked. He's a loot and... Him? Nikos smirked. Take him with us. We might find a way to make him useful yet. End of chapter. Joffy point of view. The corpses strewn about the spaceport, mangled and bloodied, were a poignant reminder of human nature. Wherever a group of them clashed, such destruction was the end result. I was trying to conceal my personal feelings, but it was growing more difficult by the minute. While Terrans were not an outward enemy of the Federation, they were enemies of peace. That was reason enough to dislike them. As I finally slumbered on the flagship, the sights of the past two days plagued my dreams. Dead humans, petrified in ways I didn't think possible, floating in a space-born tomb. Agony blasted on their ashen faces. I snapped awake, panting, none the more rested than when I closed my eyes. Why did fate but Gorsh and I to find that ghost ship? As lawful as it was to say, by a part of me felt that the human's calamity was a merit of their own meddling. Tampering with the scientific fields that should never be touched was bound to end in disaster. If it weren't for Gorsh's selfless altruism, misdirected at a lot of savages, I would have left the Terrans to do their own devices. That was usually the best decision for all parties. But I wasn't the type of person to leave my best friend alone, squaring off with horrors beyond comprehension. After narrow escaping with our lives, I hoped that I could talk some sense into him. We'd sacrifice enough. It was time to return home. With the Pisces under Terran control, the crisis should be averted anyways. Gosh! I tapped a paw on the door to his quarters and lingered by the entryway. Uh, can I come in? The only answer was silence, which earned an amused eye roll from me. The poor guy was probably too deep in slumber to be roused. I decided to let him rest up and consult him later. I would just poke my head in to make sure that he was alright. Odd, there was nobody in his room, or any indicators to suggest that he'd been at there at all. No belongings, wrinkles in his sheets, or mud tracked in on the tile. Perhaps Gorsh had fallen asleep elsewhere on the ship. I should try and track him down, before panicking. But after wandering about the ship for half an hour, my mind leapt to grim conclusions. My best friend was absent from the mess hall, the med bay, and the armory too. Come to think of it, the last person I saw him was with General Rykov, that particularly human, had a dark history, with a lot of blood on the entire species of his hands. He was infamous for discharging abominable weapons in combat. I warned Gorsh not to befriend that scumbag, but of course, he didn't listen. I found Rykov's interest in my best friend strange, and perhaps a bit concerning. There was no logical reason for an officer to sidle up to a patrolman, Gosh, thought that the Terran general was acting out of concern, but I believe that that was a guise for his true motivation. If there were years of deceit with the Federation taught us anything, it was that humans were incredible actors. What if the humans had something nefarious in mind for Gosh? either way, drew him from being emotionally unfit, or worse, roped him into some sort of interrogation? Maybe Rykov wanted to grill the patrolman for information, out of desperation, to save his own hide. If I had evidence that the Terrans had done something unsavory, maybe the Federation soldiers would assist. No matter how much leverage the Terran Union had in the current Senate, they wouldn't want a kidnapping criminal at the realm of the Galactic Forces. My paws scrambled towards Rykov's office of their own volition. The pale human was pouring at the bags beneath his eyes, studying a series of papers. So our prisoner says the spaceport was a smuggling outfit, specialized in weapons, he summarized aloud. The Covian authorities had their pockets lined, quite unhandsomely. It's incredible that a truckload of human mercenaries didn't draw any attention from the locals. Barging into his office and demanding, What did you do with my friend? Probably wasn't the best recourse. This required a diplomatic approach. Hopefully, the general's actions would give me some inkling to his knowledge. I knocked on the exterior wall and forced myself to salute in the human way. What is it? The general growled, an irritated glint in his eyes. I don't think I'll be of help. Try General Blaise. Pardon me, sir. I forced a casual smile on my face, noting how Rykov's posture went rigid as he recognized me. It was as though he knew what I said about humans, away from prying ears. I just, uh, do you know where Gorsh is? I, I can't find him anyway. I sent him to rest. He should be in his quarters, as you should you, the human replied. He's not there. I haven't seen him since... Since he spoke to you, I wanted to say. Since the end of the battle... 
Maybe he got lost. Our ship's designs aren't that straightforward as others in the Federation. I looked all over the place. All of the usual suspects. Well, I suppose you should keep looking, Joffy. Please, sir. I'm begging for your help. If you care about Gorsh at all, he trusted you. You really want a human's help? It must be serious, then. Rykov tried to keep his expression passive, but his knitted eyes betrayed his concern. I reminded myself with a hint of annoyance how skilled they were at faking emotions. I'll send out a summons on the ship PA. Isn't that all? Anything you remember might help track him down, sir, I said carefully. Where did you last see Gorsh? He wandered off as we were securing the Pisces. The big guy looked sleep-deprived as hell, so I figured he'd crashed on the ship. That's, that's a start. Would it be okay if I assemble a Federation search party? I'd feel better if we sweep that area for signs of trouble. There were soldiers everywhere. I don't see how anything could have gone unnoticed. The human ran a hand through his hair, revealing a few hints of grey in his outer lobe. But very well. I'll get General Blaise to put together a search party and meet us in the hangar bay. Us? I echoed. Yes, I'll help you look. Like you said, Gorsh is my friend, too. I didn't want General Rykov to tag along and interfere with our investigation. What if he was coming to make sure that we didn't stumble across anything? This was the last opportunity to cover up any human misdeeds. But how could I say that without revealing my suspicions of Terran involvement? Uh, thank you, sir, I sighed. The human dipped his head, slipping his navy jacket onto his shoulders. Grime was smeared on the shoulder cuffs from the battle, but the medals clipped to his chest still sparkled. The uniform made him appear regal and authoritative. As he sped down the ship's corridors, it was strange how the most dangerous species in the galaxy was so unassuming and noble to the eyes. Mykov stifled a yawn as we stopped by the Pisces, and my nerves grew unsettled. There was no sign of the Federation soldiers who were allegedly on their way. For a ship that was so tied up in interdimensional madness, I found it odd that no soldiers were posted around it. I didn't hear the Terrans order two sentries to keep watch at all times. Either someone was shirking their duties, or the General cleared out potential witnesses. As those thoughts crossed my mind, an exterior door swung open. A wiry human entered the hangar bay, clad in black military gear that was several sizes too large. He carried only an H pistol rather than the Terran standard issue plasma rifle. Perhaps it was a preconceived notions, but the rascal didn't look the part of a trained killer. I mean, every few steps he was pushing his helmet off of his eyes. Don't salute officers anymore, boy, Rykov hissed in a dangerously low tone. The scrawny figure pressed a hand to his head. Sorry, I zoned out. Sorry, sir. The general's expression radiated suspicion, and his arm inched towards his hip. Who are you? I don't recognize you. Uh, I'm a private marino. I'm new, sir. Your name doesn't sound familiar at all. What were you doing out there, anyways? Having a smoke, sir, the man replied. General Rykov drew his firearm in a heartbeat. Bullcrap! Get on the ground! What did I say? Smoking has been prohibited in the military for a century, you daft fool. If you were doing it, you wouldn't tell me. Marino, if that was his real name, bolted towards the door. I didn't know what was the involvement was, but he must know something about Gorsh's disappearance. We couldn't let him escape. Suddenly, I was glad to have Rykov present after all. The human soldiers were excellent at tracking targets and making snap decisions under duress. I was worried to see Rykov lining Marino up in his pistol, however. We needed the guy for questioning, not as a corpse or an autopsy. The general's finger depressed the trigger, and a loud crack split the air. The intruder stumbled with a yelp, clutching his leg. The plasma bolt through the kneecap wasn't lethal, but it did leave the target crippled. Marino fired a few wild shots in our direction, which missed their mark. I dropped to the floor, not wanting to risk a lucky hit. Rykov shrank back as well, barking several curses. His jam pistol left him unable to return fire. Surely the general would try and keep the intruder cornered until backup arrived. It was logical, risk-averse decision. Our opponent crawled behind a shipping crate, grunting in pain. General Rykov took a retreat as an invitation to charge, a clear sign of human derangement. If Marina reacted quick enough, the general could be taken out of point-blank range. My heart skipped a beat as Rykov scaled the crate, then lunged at his target from above. The aerial ambush caught Marina by surprise, and the gun slipped out of his grasp. 
The two Terrans rolled about from behind the container, locked in a frantic tussle. Rykov pinned the smaller guy and started to choke him out. The human with its oxygen supply cut off was like a fish out of water, blading about. A desperate punch connected with the general's face, but his stranglehold didn't slacken. What in the stars is going on? A gravelly voice asked behind me. General Blaise entered the hangar bay, accompanied by five Federation soldiers. I could imagine the ill-tempered Jatari's bewilderment. It must appear like Rykov was asphyxiating one of his own soldiers, a young, weaker fellow at that. Now the human's crazed expression, and one might assume that he had a nervous breakdown. That guy's Marina. He's dressed up as a Terran soldier for some reason, but I don't think he is one, I answered. He tried to flee when we caught him, and Rykov is trying to take him out. A flash of silver caught my eye, and Marina fished an object out of his pocket. Rykov didn't notice until the blade slashed against his cheek. The officer recoiled slightly, giving his opponent a chance to land a knee to the stomach. The Terran war criminal tumbled back, cupping his hand to his face. Bright red trickled between his fingers, and rolled across his knuckles in rivulets. That wound must be deep enough to require stitches. General Blaise gestured to his team. The Federation soldiers rounded on Marino, hollering at him to drop his weapon. Surrounded and outnumbered, the human intruder released the knife. I was relieved to see him alive and in Federation custody. Thanks, guys, Rykov panted, staggering to his feet. Take this one to the brig. The general dropped a hand from his face and a chill raced down my spine. The Federation soldiers gaped in open horror as the same realization dawned on them. Even General Blaise looked shaken. Rykov blinked in confusion. Why are you all looking at me like that? The scar you have, I muttered, when they, uh, when they found you dead. The human traced a finger across his right cheek, eating the gaseous shape. His expression morphed into a deep frown. Touch revealed a familiar pattern, as well as any mirror. Perhaps, for all of our efforts, we hadn't altered the future at all. End of chapter End of story.